Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Dave Kennett today. Dave is the founder and CEO of Replays. Replays consists of a team of the world's top sales coaches who listen to gong and chorus calls for tech companies and give live and recorded video feedback. Dave, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. Thank you. I love the energy, man. It's contagious. Appreciate it, dude. Really excited to chat today. And this is going to be uh, an interesting episode. It's going to help me a lot. And I'm sure it's going to help everyone tuning in, watching, listening this fine day um, on how we can become a top one percenter in sales. We're going to be giving actionable tips across discovery calls, um, demos and presentations, as well as closing deals, helping all business owners, sales reps and the like tuning in on how they can get that extra one percent out, get that sales revenue in. And, and do their very best when it comes to getting business over the line. So I think, Dave, if we could if we could dump, jump from the top and perhaps we could, in the right order, we could start with discovery calls and perhaps talk about some, some lesser known tips from your side and perhaps some of the pitfalls that people should avoid. Absolutely. Yeah, I think people talk about the importance of closing all the time. And we get asked at replays very frequently, our coaches, what is the, the what are the best reps consistently do better than everyone else. And uh, they assume often that it's closing strong. And of course, closing is important, but it's really discovery in our opinion is those reps and those business owners who are taking the time to really explore their prospects needs um, and truly understanding the current scenario they're in, the impact of what kind of what we call status quo or kind of what what a day in the life is today um, and and really understand that that is where it all starts and when that gets missed it it very significantly hampers the chance that the sales reps can actually close the deal yeah 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 something I mean back when I when I started in sales when I was, I was junior sales rep I do remember just like you said then um, Dave, that I always thought closing was was the most important thing. And it was it was so important. No matter who you talk to, you had to get the business over the line. You had to get them signed and you had to get them paid. When, like you say, over the years, I've I've come to realize, just like you mentioned then, that discovery is is very, very important for all those things you said, for identifying firstly if if this customer's even gonna be or this prospect's even gonna be a good fit for both us and us to them. Before you start wasting all your time on these follow-ups, there's the things that come later on in the sales funnel, like trying to do your presentation, your demo, trying to get the deal over the line. So it's it's so crucial and so paramount that you get discovery right, like you mentioned. So yeah, you talked about understanding their current scenario, understanding the impact of the status quo. Are there some crucial elements, in your opinion, Dave, that make up an awesome or an epic discovery call that should never be missed? Well, I think there's a few things. Number one, we find that um, reps over time, myself included, um, I've been selling for years, tend to get lazy. And we jump into something thinking, ah, I've done this discovery a million times. I'm good. What happens is we see some of the newer sales reps who are eager, who have been very thoughtful and intentional about their discovery questions. They have them written down. And they actually, the, the newer reps sometimes do a better job of discovery than the seasoned reps because 
of the laziness that Jeff did. Yep. So number one would be, I think before you jump in a call, be very intentional about what it is you want to achieve in that call, uh, what it is you want to understand about that, that prospect, about their organization, and uh, take all the learnings you've got from your previous discoveries and, and iterate, right? Uh, take what, what worked in terms of really what questions were most impactful at understanding that person's need, um, that person's pain points, the organization's pain points. So uh, that would be that would be number one. I know it sounds like table stakes. You would assume it is, but it, it gets missed a lot. Sure. So that's it's interesting you should raise that, actually. We had a inquiry that came in through WebChoice for someone that needed digital marketing help earlier. And I, I actually can relate to that quite a lot because I almost missed some of the, the crucial questions just because, like you said, Dave, we're so used to asking these set of discovery questions that we use to actually qualify someone if they're a good fit to do business with us, whether it's asking what they're doing right now, where they want to get to, um, their timelines, who's involved in the process, what they want to get out of it. What, where they want to get to in a year's time with it. All these these kind of cru- crucial questions get to understand their current state and their desired state and all that good stuff. And just forgot some of the, the key elements. And I'm thinking, I need to list some of this stuff out again so I, I don't miss it. So is that something we should do, you think, Dave? Dave kind of have this list in front of us or is it a bit too generic to, to have those lists? Well, a couple of things. Number one, we, we never want to make it seem like we're reading off a list. And if we mm. do, it's the end of the world, right? I mean, if I am putting myself in the shoes of a buyer and there's a sales rep reading off a list of questions, I'm not sure I'd be that upset. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you're at the restaurant and the server doesn't write down your order and you're like, oh, I know they're going to screw something up here versus yeah. when they yeah, yeah. are being a little bit more methodical about their approach. So no, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. Having said that, we definitely want to get to a state where it feels more natural so that the sales rep is really just, looking, glancing down, referring potentially to a list going, okay, yeah, I covered that off. And then after that, I think it's about staying present, right? It's about what we see is um, reps will take that list advice and they'll be like, okay, check, check. And then they'll actually forget to listen and, and they'll miss valuable things. Some of the, the best sort of nuggets are uncovered through follow-up questions. And I know, you know, for the folks listening, that's that's not groundbreaking news, but it is the basics that get missed a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. reminding yourself to stay present. And if they answer in a certain way, just asking those solid open probe follow-up questions. Like, okay, interesting that you said that. Help me understand how that's impacted your business. Or, uh, okay, understanding that, like, just tell me a little bit more about what that meant to your customer experience and um in and so it's it's in those questions that we usually are able to go down a path to to really understand um what it is we need to know to tailor the right solution and you just don't want your competitor to be better at that than you yeah and i guess it's giving your prospective customer a feeling that you really care about what they're trying to do so we're asking these thoughtful questions that are actually rather than just like you say, reading off a list and just doing question one, question two, question three until you get to the end of the yeah. 10, 15 minute call. You're actually really, really asking deeper, getting to a deeper level on where they want to get to with this and why they want to do it. So for one, shows you care. And secondly, I guess, gives you a bit, a bit more trust because you actually know what you're talking about. You're trying to help them out, right? Well, well, it really does. And, you know, to that end, we get asked all the time, well, how do I make this not just sound like I'm playing 20 questions? Like, <laughs> yeah, 
on the Inquisition stand somehow? And that's, that's a very relevant question because at Replace, we review discovery calls all the time and we do see how it sounds a little bit robotic sometimes and mm -hmm. impersonal. And, um, you know, I think that on authenticity of actually caring about your customer's business, we look at the, you know, we get to see what the top reps are consistently doing and they are naturally curious, right? They're not just asking a question for the sake of asking a question. They're leaning in, their 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 intonation, everything about their body language and the the follow-up questions really indicates, hey, I'm interested in this person and I'm interested in helping them. Uh, for better or for worse, maybe we determine it's a perfectly fine outcome of a discovery to be, hey, there might not be a fit here, but we certainly need to go through the questions to do that. So, you know, a few of the tips we recommend to make it not feel like you're playing 20 questions is, you know, weave in some natural conversational style things like um, and, you know, use customer stories. You know, this is another thing that is underutilized and the social proof of referencing um, a customer story is, is just so important. And often we'll see reps say, oh yeah, uh, you know what? We have a great case study. I'm gonna email it to you. And we're like, hey, you're the sales rep who's paid because you're a great communicator and a fantastic listener. They're not gonna open the white paper you send them, right? They might not even watch the video you send them. Higher likelihood they'll watch the video than read the white paper, but just tell them the story. And you know, do it in, in, in under a minute and be um, ROI focused in your story to help demonstrate how you've helped a current customer achieve the things that you're hearing your prospect might need help with. So, you know, we, we get asked like, you know, is, is discovery really the right place for a customer story? Absolutely it is. Uh, if it's done in a way that doesn't detract from the conversation or take us too far, um, you know, off the path. But if the, as we're going through our discovery and the prospect says, well, you know, I understand that, but I just really, you know, maybe they just display skepticism. I'm like, I just really don't feel like you're in my, you know, actually in our market vertical in our space. And well, that's a perfect opportunity to validate what they said. Oh, I hear what you're saying. In fact, we hear that a lot, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's probably because we're not doing a good enough uh, job letting the market know that we are a solid player in your space. In fact, let me give you a couple examples. Are you familiar with XYZ company? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're they're a happy customer, and in fact, they had the same issue that you are articulating to me when they approached us. And what we're able to help them with is da 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 da. So, customer stories. And I think that the other thing I would say is, if you feel like there's question fatigue, and a great way to you know pick up on that isn't just intonation; it's using video. You know, uh, we still get reps like surprisingly saying, "No, nah, no." Nah, uh, video doesn't work for me or my prospect doesn't want to use video, what have you. Um, always try it. Your prospect might not want to do video, but you're never going to actually uh, have them on video screen, A, if you don't, uh, and B, if, if you don't try. And, uh, and so I, I think it's important to pick up on uh, their intonation, their body language of if they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. You might jump in then as the sales rep and say, hey, you know, I just want, I want to thank you for, uh, going through all the answers to these questions. Uh, I know it's probably not the funnest 15 minutes of your life, uh, but we're almost there. I just have a couple more questions. And I, I promise you what we found is uh, we don't want to just give you like the standard presentation, the standard demo and us taking a few minutes right now for, for me to really understand your current scenario, I think will really help us tailor the solution for you so that we're making the best use of your time. So it's okay if I just ask you a few more questions.
Dave, so many golden nuggets in there, man. Don't really know where to start. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored, and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality, and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Customer stories, awesome. Um, very, very good point. So I guess it, it really helps people actually visualize what you're talking about rather than just reeling off questions. You're actually getting them to imagine almost using your product or service because they're saying, look, I'm not sure about X or I'm not sure about Y or can you handle Z? And you're saying, well, funny you should mention that we actually had this, this customer last month that had that same issue. They were getting frustrated with this. So we, we integrated this solution and it helped them to see this kind of return over this period. So you're literally talk, you're saying that you understand and then you're, you're putting yourself in their shoes, getting them to imagine using your product or service. So it's really, really powerful stuff that. Um, and then talking about examples. Um, Dave, tough one. I've had it myself many, many times. What do you do when you're running a discovery call, you're running an initial exploratory meeting and someone says, I just want to see the product or... I just want a price. I just really, really want a price. Like, can you just give me the price? Yeah. How do you respond to that? Happens all the time. We've got a three-step process for that that works um, the majority of the time. And <laughs> nothing works 100% of the time, right? That's why they're sales calls. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so, of course, the goal is to always be able to understand their needs, tailor a solution to their needs, help them understand their value, and then present pricing. But as an impatient buyer myself, <laughs> I get why a buyer might not want to follow that exact journey. And so, um, you know, in, in the discoveries we review, I'd say a variation of the question you just asked, hey, can I just see the product? Or, hey, can I just get pricing? Probably comes up 80 to 90% of the time. So yeah. as sales professionals, we need to be really good at handling those objections. And so when it's all about, hey, can you just give me a price? I think what we recommend you start with there is uh, absolutely we can give you a price. Uh, we do have a process that we typically follow and we follow that because we found that it's in your best interest. It's in the buyer because we have a number of questions that help us determine what the best solution is for you. And then we'll give you pricing on that solution. Mm. And that'll work, you know, a decent percentage of the time. But then it definitely doesn't work, you know, let's call it, I don't know, 20, 30, 40% of the time. So when it doesn't, then you go to step two. And they're like, no, 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 no. I, I, I get it. I hear you. Don't be like all those other salespeople. Just give me a price. And that's where I would say then, okay, sure. Um, 
we can, I think at this point, it's probably helpful for me to give you a range. Um, and I want you to know the downside of me giving you a range is um, I don't understand all your requirements right now. So on the bottom end of the range, it might be too low. And on the top, top end, it might be too high. But here's a range, um, you know, 20,000 to 30,000 uh, per year. And then if they're like, no, 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 no. I, I want a custom price. I want a price for me. And, and I want that now. That's where the next step for us is to say, sure, let's do it. Uh, let me bring up our pricing grid. Um, I, I just have a question for you first. Help me understand, like when we talk to prospects, when we talk to people like yourself who are looking at different solutions and looking to move forward, we find that the ones that actually do move forward with us aren't indexing prices, their number one sort of um, decision-making criteria. Are there any other decision-making criteria that you are using here? Or is it just price? And that often gets into an interesting conversation, right? So now you've yep. satisfied what they've asked. Yes, I'm going to show you pricing. Yes, I'll put it on the screen. By the way, I have one question for you first. And it gets into an interesting discussion of what is their priority? And often they'll say, no, 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 of course it's not the priority. I mean, the pricing is just really important. I've got a budget. I need to stick within it. I don't, why would I invest more time with you if I don't know the price? But I mean, to us, service is really important. Oh, really? Tell me more about that. Well, it's important because we just had a massive service failure with our current provider. Oh, interesting. What was the impact of that? And you don't want to play like mind game ninja tricks. The point isn't to just never get back to price. It's like, okay, great. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll show you the pricing now. And I'd like to learn more about that, the service level failure that you talked about. And, um, and, and I think it'd be important to see if that's something, if we were your partner, we would have been able to help with. Let me share pricing on the screen now. So that's, that's the natural path we recommend you take. That's awesome, dude. And and like you say, it comes up so much that you'll you'll get people that are impatient or that just genuinely do want to know the price because they might have a really small budget or they might have a set budget that their MD or their CFO, their financial director has given them. And they're just saying, just show me the price, dude. Show me the price. So I love the the range. Like you say, you can say, well, our services start from five hundred dollars a month to five grand a month. Um, can you see yourself working within that? And yeah. and then if they say, what about our customized solution? And like you say, you say, well, I don't know enough about your needs yet. Is it okay if I ask you a couple more questions so I can tailor our options to be relevant to exactly where you want to get to? And I guess most of the times that works, but then you, you're always going to get one or two people that, that kind of want to push you a bit more. So that's that's some great options for people to actually tap into and use. And in your opinion, Dave, what is the main what's the main objective for a discovery call? Main objective is absolutely to understand their current state. And by that, I mean understanding, okay, you're, you're having a conversation with them. It's either because it was an inbound lead. So there may have been uh, an understanding on their side that they've got a need. Uh, they may be looking for a new supplier. There may be a greenfield opportunity like, oh, we've got this need and we're, we can't do this in-house anymore. And we're evaluating a few different vendors or it was an outbound generated lead and they might not actually have an awareness of a need. You've just had an SDR who's captured their interest and now they're in front of you. Um, and those motions are different motions. The, the conversation, the framework of those initial meetings are different because you've got a different mindset of two different buyer scenarios. One who knows that they have an awareness that they want something and another one might not have an awareness that they want something. So the mm -hmm. answer is slightly different for each one. But what I would say first for the inbound lead, it's understanding why they reached out, understanding uh, what their current solution is, 
Um, understanding what works well with their current solution. A lot of reps are scared to ask that. Oh, I don't want them to be giving kudos to their current supplier or thinking that their current setup's actually good enough. Hey, this is like, that's why sales reps get a bad rep. Like, come on, let's be transparent. Let's actually be an advisor. Let's ask them what's working great. But then let's understand, okay, what isn't working? And, um, and then we want to understand a lot about what the impact of that is. Oh, okay, so you had a service failure. What was the impact? Well, we got um, a two-star rating on um, in Google from like 30 different uh, customers. Oh, wow. And what was the, you know, did you lose any customers? Well, yeah, no, we lost eight customers. What was the impact of that? Well, probably a hundred grand just this month. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. And, um, and then, you know, imagine if we hadn't asked all those questions and we're just like, and look at this whiz band thing. I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen, see what we do here and look at this drop down. Isn't that neat? It's like, man, we lost an opportunity there to understand exactly where this customer is having challenges. And, and this ties back to closing later. How can you effectively close a prospect if you don't understand what's keeping them up at night? And if you can't paint a picture of here's your current state, let's quantify it. Oh, you lost $100,000 in sales. Man, uh, what did that put you relative to your target? Well, we're actually back by, by $70,000 relative target. What's your plan next quarter? Well, I don't know. We need to fix this. Okay. And then we, we, we paint the picture of future state. Well, here's how we can ensure that doesn't happen. And this is an exact scenario we have with one of our other customers. And fast forward to today, ABC company, who I think you're familiar with based on what you said before, they got five star ratings and um, their service failure rate is 0.2% or whatever it is. And um, we can do that for you. How meaningful would that be? And if they then at the end of the call, when you're looking to um, close the deal or at least, uh, you know, get a next meeting on the books and they're like, ah, you know, I'm just not sure. Well, well, now you've at least got something that you can um, explore further. Whereas if, if, if you never explored their current state, the impact of their current state, where their challenges are, and you're getting to that final question and the call, oh, well, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Well, do you want to move forward or, or at least have another meeting? Uh, I don't know. Then all you've got to say as a rep is, well, didn't you like that little drop down I showed you and how it clicks to the right in the little radio button? That's not sales, right? That's like, uh, that's like just doing a, a live our training session yeah i'm gonna frustrate a lot of people when i say this dave and what you said there I've, I've got a lot of time for really understanding the their goals and like you said i think correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of this comes down to being genuinely curious as yeah. to where your prospective client wants to go and like you say understanding the current state where they want to get to with it and just just asking what the impact is of, of the current situation and, and if it's really a problem you can fix if it's worth fixing if they've got the budget to fix it if they actually want to fix it if they want to get it done or if they're just fishing around or, or just messing around with you um this is probably going to be a two or three part podcast i think dude because we're not even on with discovery um which is fine by me so Moving things forward, um, we've and again a great, great point on understanding if it's an inbound lead or an outbound lead, and tackling that appropriately, and understanding where their heads at and where they want to be with this. So moving this forward, so we've we've nailed down the discovery, we've gone through all these points, and we've we've booked in um, a demo. Sorry, going back to my controversial point before, I've just lost my train of thought, but that was. Going back to when you say you're doing a demo, you're, you're perhaps jumping in and showing people all these gizmos without really having an understanding of their goals and objectives. So that's why I question where some um, websites, for example, say book a demo with us. And it's like, well, you're requesting to book a demo, but how can you show a demo when you haven't done discovery? So yeah. I sometimes find that misleading. And uh, I know on our site, for example, we've got, we've, we've got something like request a free quote. 
so we'll, we'll the first stage is always discovery um so it's a similar kind of thing but it's just something to think about for, for businesses out there <laughs> and i don't think that's you know i don't know if it's I, I think it's a question worth asking if you're in the marketing department and you know because i i do think there are it depends who you're going after if it's what i call mm. the power users right the folks that are using it they probably want a demo if mm. it's the more the c-suite and the people above the power line yeah those are the ones that are more interested in the value and so i would a b test something like that for my my product i think yeah i guess it all depends on like you say the the scale of the product you're offering the price point how much complexity there is to it so there's so many there's so many different factors that come into play on those kind of things yeah there are if you're if you're wanting to do the bottom-up approach where you want the users to rave about it and then get budget great um top-down approach is always better if we can do it and and that's who i want my messaging to be for but i can see the merit of both it really depends like you say on price point on the product uh, but i'm you know now i'm out of my lane uh, sales is my lane not my <laughs> let's get back to sales Steve. right moving forward we've, we've nailed the discovery we've we've decided that they're a good fit and that the, the prospect's happy to to book in a, a demo or a presentation call depending on the product or service we offer so we, we've booked in the zoom call the skype call we, we've got our fancy slides prepared and we're ready to jump right in and wow the client with our, our amazing offering and we want to get that deal over the line so Perhaps you can run through, Dave, some some key things we need to think about when we're doing our presentations and how we can make sure they go smoothly. Yeah, the first thing is always tie the presentation to what you learned in the discovery. So you've got five things you could show a prospect and you, through your discovery, understood that two of those five things are just super important to your prospect. Uh, that's where you want to spend 80% of the time is on those two things. And what we see all too often is a rep already has a preconceived notion of what they want their presentation to look like. And if you were to watch 20 presentations, regardless of how the discovery went or what was said there, um, those 20 presentations look the same. And, and that's just certainly not where we want to be. We want it to be customized to imagine if you went to buy a shoe, right? And just to make it a real basic um, you know, analogy, you walk into a store to buy a shoe and you've got, um, you know, a huge pronation on one of your feet and you're always pronating in and you need a special shoe for that. And the person who's like the shoe salesperson is like, you know, has this pitch in their head. Like we've got these three shoes and they're on sale. Which one do you want? And I'm like, well, I've got this pronation. Yeah, but these two are on. It's like, man, can you imagine? And we see the equivalent of that happening all the time in sales. So the first thing is really tie your, the, 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 the valuable time you've got with this prospect, tie it to what you just learned in your yep. Makes sense, right? So, yeah, really customize that that demo rather than just doing the generic offering. Actually, relate it back to, I guess, the goals and objectives that you discussed and their their pain points. Making sure you get those across. Yeah. Um, should we should we try and keep them quite brief? Do you think, Dave, in terms of what we put across, is there like a sweet spot without going on kind of slides and slides? If you had this problem, you had that problem. That was causing this issue. This was the impact. Blah 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 blah. It should should we quite keep it to the point? So we're not sending them to sleep and I think that, uh, we can move on with things. I think I think there's no one answer. I think it's good to have that mental model in your mind. Like, hey, um, how should I customize my time with this person so that I make it most effective? But I think it depends on where they're at in the buyer journey. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the old adage of once they say yes, like 
stop selling. <laughs> so we've all had that scenario where we, you know, probably more in a transactional motion sale, not an enterprise fit sale, although it does happen sometimes, but where they're like, yeah, I think I'm good to move forward. And you're like, but I haven't shown you the presentation yet. Uh, you do always want to wonder, hey, is that a ticking time bomb for churn if they don't truly understand what you're selling? But I think uh, a few of the overarching best practices for a framework for the presentation portion of your discussion. Uh, I think number one, come up for air, like every minute and a half, have a meaningful check-in with your prospect. Where we see all the time is sales reps like talking for literally five to eight minutes without taking a breath. And um, I don't know about you, if I'm on the buyer side, I've checked out, I'm on my Slack, I'm, you know. And so uh, we often hear, you know, make sense, any questions? And the automatic response 90% of the time is, uh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, good, good. And then they talk for another five to eight minutes. So it's about really checking in. Be like, based on what I just showed you here, I'd really like to understand how would that impact your sales org based on what you told me earlier on their need to have a higher level of outreach. And it's like, oh, well, and then you get into a meaningful conversation, right? So here's how, here's, one overarching mental model I encourage every single listener here to think about next time they jump on a sales call. And that is, don't think of it as a presentation when you do the, think of it as a conversation that's supported by a couple slides or maybe by a little demo. If too often we think demo, ah, we need to sit there, wind ourselves up and talk for half an hour. And man, uh, and we just see that all the time. It's actually a conversation, right? A two-way conversation supported by um, a, you know, a presentation. And I, 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 and I think, you know, I, if you've got something, if you've got a software, for example, you can demo the demos really well, do that instead of showing slides. You know, if you have to show slides, sure, do it, but don't bore them to death, teach them something. You know, here's another overarching theme is you want to educate because there, you have the benefit of, as a sales professional, if you're selling to, I don't know, VP marketing, you've probably talked to 50 VPs of marketing in the last quarter, maybe the last six months. Whereas that VP of marketing you're talking to hasn't talked to 50, most likely. And they haven't, they definitely haven't had a 20 minute discovery call with 49 other VPs of marketing. So you've got some resident knowledge in your head that's very valuable. And everyone in their role wants to know what someone else is doing in their role, in their industry. What, what are their colleagues doing? What are the best practices? Well, guess what? You hold some pretty valuable data there. So make your goal to be. When I leave this, when the prospect walks away from this call, I want them to feel like they learned so much, they actually would have paid for that call. So educate them. That's a nice way to look at it and completely agree on the conversation part of things. I mean, I've sat on a plenty of demos or presentations myself where, like you say, the sales reps not come up for air. They've spoke for eight, 10 minutes straight. And then you've switched off after two minutes because they've just rambled on about their product or service, had no interest in whether it's even of interest or useful to you. And you've, you've literally switched off because it's it's not a conversation anymore. It's just them talking at a screen or right. <laughs> whatever they're talking at, maybe their webcam. Um, Dave, do you have a, a set of framework that you use or that you recommend for presentations? I.e., we step one is go through your goals and um, objectives that we discussed on the discovery call. Or maybe even before that, maybe, for example, setting an agenda at the start of the call saying that we, we've got um, X amount of time that we laid out in our we agreed we're going to take 30 minutes of this call. Then we're going to go through the goals and objectives. Um, then we're going to go through how our solution attacks this. We'll then go through commercials and then we'll spend some time to discuss next steps. Have you, have you got like a loose framework that you recommend or has it got to be quite customized depending on what your prospective customer needs? 
Well, we've got this unique perspective, thankfully, that we we you know we review calls for a living. That's what our team, mm. replace coaches, do day in day out. So we'll we watched hundreds and hundreds of discovery calls, demos, closing calls, proposal calls at each market segment stage from our customers at IBM, where deal size is millions of dollars, to you know a vineyard where it could be transactional, a four to six k deal, or it could be an enterprise fit deal. Um, that's that's higher up the the value chain, and the uh, through this and through having access to the win rate data of all of our customers, we actually have developed our, our replace hundred best practices. So our whole company is actually geared around that framework. And you know, of course, we gray out certain best practices if you're selling a a million dollar deal versus a three thousand dollar deal. And then there's certain best practices that are table stakes, no matter what building rapport, introductions, uh, three-step process to an agenda, always incorporate a customer story with the, this three-step framework. So yeah, we very much have a framework. You and I would need a bit more time to go through it, but yeah, <laughs> very much so. Uh, people, you know, talk tracks are fine, but it's a framework and a process that will help a sales rep na uh, successfully navigate through any sales situation. Awesome. No, I appreciate that, Dave. Like I said, because we're strapped for time, what we're going to do is we'll do another episode when it comes to to actually closing and, and asking for the business. Yeah. Um, but to, to wrap up, perhaps we can keep this just to the initial point of presentation and recapping goals and objectives and then going on to display solution before we wrap things up. Are there any other, any other things we should be aware of or any other pitfalls we should try not to go down when we're when we're presenting the common issues that you see time and again which you really cringe and you wish i wish the sales rep didn't do that because they could have won the business yeah i'll leave uh everyone with two things one is uh, if you're at the point where you can present pricing present it don't just say oh i'll send you an email on that <laughs> we see reps getting timed out at the end of a meeting and it's it's uh, only one person to blame for that and it's you know me the sales rep if i didn't leave enough time uh, you want to be there to handle objections and walk them through the value of pricing. The second is always get a next meeting on the books while you, assuming there's a fit and assuming there's a purpose for that next meeting while you're actually on the phone, you know, jump in and say, Hey, we just find that it's super helpful for our prospects. If we, um, if we put a placeholder meeting within a few days, just to help arm you with anything else you need for your decision, um, even just 15 minutes and, and feel free to cancel if it doesn't work. And, Reps that do that get ghosted less and they keep up deal momentum. Yeah, there's nothing worse is there than not agreeing a next step and then you're chasing someone on email or trying to call them, trying to text them, trying to Skype them, trying to LinkedIn them and yeah. there's, there's nothing but tumbleweeds. Yeah, oh, I know. It's the worst. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there, yeah. Dave, look, really appreciate it, man. Thoroughly enjoyed the chat today. We've covered some great ground. Like I said, we'll bring you back for that framework for awesome demos and presentations and actually how we can close deals and get more business over the line. Um, now, sir, please do tell us more about your company, how people can learn from you and how people connect with you and the best way to get in touch. Sure. Thanks, Sam. This has been awesome. Thanks a lot for having me. I, I just love having these kind of conversations with people that are that enjoy having these conversations. So, yeah, if you know, uh, for 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 those listening who have found any of these tips valuable, there's simply our replace best practices. So there's a few ways to access those. One is through replacemasterclass.com. It's 92 videos on uh, walking through our best practices. So replacemasterclass.com and then um, our core business, replays.com, uh, which is we do call reviews for some of the highest growth organizations um, in, in the world. And, you know, small to large, uh, where we just simply review calls because 
sales leaders, unfortunately, myself included, don't always have time to do that. And it's important to keep that up. And then finally, we've got Replays Live, which is American Idol for sales. It just launched. It's Thursdays at noon. You go to replayslive.com and you can hear uh, judges like uh, Scott Leach, Josh Braun, Sam McKenna, Scott Barker, myself, um, and um, actually listen to a 30-minute pitch, real live pitch um, by uh, account executives of companies like uh, Outreach and Vidyard. And... Um, and then the audience votes on whether they actually did a great job and got the next meeting. So would love it if your uh, if your audience would join us there one day too. Sounds awesome, man. Yeah, we're seeing the promotion all over LinkedIn. So be sure to check that out, guys. Replays are doing a great job on that sort of thing. So definitely head over to their site and, and see what's going on with them. Dave, with that, really want to thank you once again for your time, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. Have a great one. Cheers, dude. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe for Business Growth Show on your podcast channel of choice. We interview two business leaders each and every week to provide you actionable tips to boost yourselves, make best use of marketing and ultimately grow your business. And with that, thanks again for tuning in.